When I turn on my stove or need to heat my house or read after dark, I flip the switch. Well, that's not the case for one-seventh of the world's population who are left in the dark, whose health and welfare on our planet are completely compromised by burning biomass fuel. Well, there's a mad scientist who wants to do something about it. Hi, I'm Tony Chapman, host of Chatter That Matters, presented by RBC, and I want you to meet Connie Stacy. Her company's called Growing Greener. She's about to electrify the podcast with her vision and conviction. Connie, welcome. Well, thanks so much for having me. You're the creator of Grengen, a revolutionary energy storage system, and you have your twin boys to thank. Take me back to seven years ago when you're taking them out on a stroll. I'm always amazed when I look at my kids and I'm like, how did you get so big? When they were three months old, you could hardly think straight. Uh, Anything to get them to nap. And I was out taking a walk and they were asleep in the stroller. uh, And it was passing through a neighborhood where new houses were being built. And? There was a big old diesel generator running. And I thought, if you wake these babies... I'm going postal. <laughs> just sped up and, and, and powered on by to make sure that they didn't wake up. And luckily they didn't. So also woke up your creative mind. Um, but I had a really nice long walk that day. And I thought most people who use diesel generators don't actually like them. They're loud. They're smelly. They're expensive to use. And they're horrible on the environment. Um, but what other choices do we have? Entrepreneurs are wired to identify and then solve problems. And more often than not, they do so by asking themselves questions. In this case, Connie asks herself, What if we could do it a different way? Now, I came from an IT background. Why couldn't we use a battery like we do in server rooms for backup? So what happened next? I chatted with some friends in the the trade. Their comments were, well, I'd, I'd love a battery just for the fact that it's quiet. But how would I recharge it? I can't just swap a battery like I can refill a a gas can. Well, that's a legitimate problem. People aren't going to come home at one o'clock because their battery's dead. So I took that away and on yet another walk, I thought, well, what if you could just swap them in and out like Lego? Like Lego? Stack them up to run longer, swap them in and out. I thought, that that might do it. And I went back to the same uh, folks that I knew in, in trade and I said, what if we could just do that? The first thing they latched onto was the fact that it was silent. I thought, ooh, there's something special here. Uh, And that really is what kind of kicked off the journey. And what a journey you're on. But before we continue with your quest to end energy poverty, tell me about Connie Stacy. Where were you born? I was born in Come By Chance, Newfoundland. Yes, that is what it actually says on my birth certificate. That must have raised a few eyebrows at the border. Come by chance, Newfoundland, but then you moved out west. We moved out to Alberta when I was two, uh, so I don't have the charming accent uh, unless I've had a few beverages. You publicly call yourself a mad scientist. So who encouraged you to become mad about science? Both of my parents, um, you know, being from rural Newfoundland, they are without question the two hardest workers I've ever met in my life. Uh, So they really, really value that idea that you can achieve goals if you're willing to put in the effort, if you're willing to make the trade. For any parent listening to this, episode after episode, we've proven that successful entrepreneurs form a lot of who they are in their childhood and the inspirational role that parents play in opening up their minds, their heart, and the desire to work. So Connie, let's get back to Grengen and your journey. I think I became more and more passionate about what we're doing and what kind of change it could make. And that really, I think that's really what drives my my passion. When I first came up with the idea, I thought, well, 
you know, there's a really good business opportunity here. But I didn't really do a lot with it. A lot of people have incredible ideas, but dreaming and doing are two very different things. In Connie's case, she makes that transition from dreaming to doing, and a mad scientist and her ideas come to life. At the early stage, I, I researched, I became more and more familiar with the battery industry, chemistries, what was happening in that field. And that's where you got excited, where you felt you could change the world? I started to understand what the global problem looked like. And when I looked at it from that perspective, I started to think, well, you know what, this isn't just about, you know, having potentially a small business of my own. This is something I have to do for my kids, for the people that come after me. That's what really puts the, the passion in what I do, it, is I really do believe in it. Um, and it's also the reason we actually took a little bit of a different approach, is we, we actually decided to go with um, uh, being a social enterprise, which is a relatively new concept, uh, and is basically for-profit businesses that um, work on a triple bottom line. So people, profit, planet. People, planet, and profit. Profit is important, yes, but not at the, the cost of people or our environment. This mad scientist is also mad about social enterprise. Connie shifts from research to forming a company in 2014 called Grow Greener. It's a big bet, an all-in move. And like most budding entrepreneurs, Connie just needs some trusted reassurance. I was visiting with a good friend of mine, Jamie, who herself also has twin boys uh, and was crazy enough to have two more after that. I'm pretty sure she needs therapy. Um, but we, we sat down one evening and we were having a, a drink and chatting and I was talking about where we were at with the, this idea of this business. And I said, you know what? Maybe if you want to change the world, you have to win the game and make your own damn rules. I said, it's time to burn the ships. And, and that's what I did. I said, there's no going back. What did your wife have to say when you came home and said, honey, I burnt the ships? I was very, very fortunate that my wife is incredibly supportive. And she said, okay, let's do it. Successful entrepreneurs knock on doors till their knuckles bleed. And then they lose patience and grab a sledgehammer and break down the door. If you want to succeed, you have to feed off of rejection. Prove people wrong. Connie just doesn't open the door. She opens up an opportunity with one of the biggest games in town. There's a disadvantage to being in tech in these scenarios because people go, well, I don't get it. Like they were thinking from this advanced technology point of view. Um, but when you actually talk to people who are from the markets in which we're trying to help, when, when somebody comes from a place of energy poverty, they went, you're going to what? You're going to create a battery that system, this power system that doesn't need electricians and doesn't need technicians, and I can just make it work like Lego to power whatever I need to power, they got it. So you had to travel all over the world to have people take you seriously. But in one of your interviews, you mentioned how hard it was when you're part of the LBGTQ community to countries that aren't as open-minded like Canada. What happened? The first really big um, eye-opener for me was when I went to India I was invited to speak at the Kanda India Tech Summit. The very first experience I had getting off the plane was um, I was in the, the line for immigration to go through and, and this woman, maybe five, six people in front of me, just turned around and glared at me for 20 minutes. Like, I was just like, where do I look? What do I do? Like, this woman was staring daggers at me. Why? I don't follow um, 
those heteronormative uh, expectation of what a, what a woman's supposed to dress like. I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt and I have short hair and, and, you know, I'm not exactly slight. Uh, you know, I played rugby for years, so I've got big shoulders and, and I can, uh, I can hold my own. And so a lot of places in the world, they have really strict ideas about what uh, a woman is supposed to do, how she's supposed to behave. You also talk in an interview about how one time someone came to your rescue. The staff came in to chase me out uh, for being in the wrong washroom. One of the trade commissioners happened to be in there, Carrie, and just such a wonderful person. And uh, when they came in and said something, she jumped right up. She happened to be there and she was like, no, 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 and stuck up for me without blinking an eye. Um, and 18 months later, the government Canada decided to do its first trade mission uh, based on LGBTQ. Um, and before they even announced it, I had an email from Carrie, Connie, they're, they're doing this great event, you have to come. <laughs> small business owners resist exporting their ideas because of the complexities and possibly even their insecurities. But you overcame both with your North Star, your social justice to end energy poverty. A North Star lights up your passion, but it doesn't pave the road. You still have to find your way forward. How did you do that? The biggest thing I think was was getting through the first four or five years. It really took a long time um, to get people behind us and to learn all the ins and outs. I mean, no matter how much schooling you've taken, how many years of business you have, it's not the same until you run your own business. I mean, I had lots of experience in management and tech and all of these things. And then suddenly I'm like, payroll? How do you do payroll? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't even know how this works. Talk to my listeners about the breakthrough you had that validated everything of what you believed. Someone suggested we apply to this U.S. Department of Defense uh, innovation competition, and we won. Uh, and that was really like in 2018, and it wasn't a guaranteed contract or anything like that, but all of a sudden people went, whoa, if the government of the United States or the U.S. Department of Defense, probably the most tech-advanced group or one of the most tech-advanced groups in the world, thinks this is good stuff, maybe we should have a, a, a second look. That really helped us on the business side. Um, on the side of, of staying focused on, on our mission. What I love about Connie is she dreams with her heart, but it's that work ethic from her parents and her never say never that puts her in the big leagues. This small business owner doesn't just enter a U.S. defense competition, she wins it. With success comes complexity. How did you find a way to recruit the right team? It's funny, we had... Um, uh, one of our, our consultants who did some tech writing for us, his brother started to call us the Grengineers. Um, and he said, you guys are engineering a, a brighter future. You know, the first four letters of culture is cult. And to me, cult is everything. Find people who want to be intellectually stimulated, emotionally rewarded, who share a higher purpose. Cultivate that. And when they do... We're the Grengineers. And we can always tell when you hire somebody... If they're a Grengineer or not, you could just, you could feel it because as much as they, you know, everybody wants a good job and a good place to work and all that kind of stuff. There's just something more when somebody's like, you know what, I'm willing to put a little more on the line because I think that the greater good is something worth working for. Have you also expanded your advisors and enablers? The people who want to see you succeed, even if they have no financial interest. I actually do have a number of mentors and advisors I've worked with who really you know, are super supportive in the way that they 
approach challenges um, and say, okay, well, what about this? Have you looked at this? Um, but they do it in a way that's not super critical. Uh, they do it in a way of, we want you to succeed. Uh, and that has been, you know, people who volunteer and just help out because they love what we do. And it's people who work in a variety of different programs who just gotten behind us. Give me an example. Alberta Innovates at the provincial level or the Trade Commissioners or EDC. They fight so hard for us. I did a, a, a panel recently related to EDC and the Trade Commissioner Service. And I really cannot say enough good stuff about these folks. They really, really are there to help. Let's do a SWOT analysis. What's your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? Strength. Um, people really believe in our vision. And I think that that is something that, you know, it's not as easy to find. Weakness, um, realistically, like a lot of businesses, is cash flow. Um, cash flow, you know, they say is the single biggest killer of startups. Um, and we're no exception to that. You know, as we've been growing and we've been growing rapidly, um, we're constantly faced with the how much is going to be at, in the bank at the, the date of payroll. When does that bill have to be paid? When does the next uh, account receivable come in? That piece has been the single biggest challenge for our business. So when I asked Connie about the opportunity, she moved from Grenjen to describing two big ideas that she's envisioning. Eyes flashing, you could hear excitement in her breath. But these weren't an extension of her dream to bring power to those who don't have it. These were in healthcare. She reminds me of Elon Musk. With that comes a threat that she's now consumed by another star in a completely different hemisphere. And that's exactly what the threat is. Uh, so it's been a real challenge for me. Um, I'm still that kid who wants to learn guitar and go rowing and do everything else. So for me, that's one of my biggest challenges. Connie, it's time I go looking for experts, the Yodas that help you in your business. What type of advice are you looking for? I still own 100% of the company. Um, and part of that came from just plain old stubbornness. Um, I really, you know, I, I believe so much in what we do. It really worries me about bringing on other folks whose number one focus is cash. I think it's more than that, isn't it? If I had to choose, could I achieve the goal and all I ever made was minimum wage? Or if I could be a billionaire and, and just let it go, I would still choose the minimum wage and, and get the North Star. So for me, you know, the finance part is probably one of the biggest challenges. How about someone from the EDC? You rave about how much they've helped you to date. I was so impressed when I met uh, the CEO of EDC, um, Maraid. Um, she, uh, I believe she's Irish by birth, but she just, I don't know if there's something with the fact that Newfies are, uh, have a lot of Irish history in them, but mm. I just thought, you've got it. You know, if you were looking for people who could offer mentoring and advice, she is right at the top of the list. I'll see what I can do. I'm also going to find someone who's helped take Canadian technology and product globally. Someone that understands positioning, marketing, and pricing. Connie, I wish I could give you a big hug. But what I can do is get right back to you with some big thinking and big ideas. Uh, that sounds fantastic. I must give a huge shout out to RBC for sponsoring the Small Business Matters series on Chatter That Matters. I'm a big fan of RBC not just because they're one of the world's best-run and most respected banks. It's because of what they do to help all of Canada. Take Future Launch, a $500 million investment to help Canadian youth find and pursue their path in life. Or the investment RBC makes in arts and culture and amateur sports 
and in building our new economy. When COVID-19 hit, RBC stepped up with millions of dollars to support food banks and essential services. And they had only one ask for this series. Don't make this show about RBC. Make it about the small business heroes. And speaking of heroes and their quest, let's get back to see what the experts have to say. Connie, I now want to introduce you to Sid Paquette. Sid heads up innovation and technology for RBC. I want to ask Sid about desirability and feasibility. Your desire to end energy poverty and the feasibility of can you make it happen? Here's what he had to say. I really like purpose-driven businesses. There's too few of them that are out there, you know, and, and let's take a look at Connie's business, you know, ending energy poverty, positively impacting a seventh of the world's population in the neediest regions and, 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 and uh, populations. Like it doesn't get better than that. Sid, in today's environment, there's no skip in the park. All come with massive challenges. How about Connie's business? It's an ultra competitive space. It's becoming increasingly difficult to drive margins in. What's the first thing you tell an inventor slash entrepreneur? There's probably only one thing that's equally as difficult as building a business, and that's probably raising children. It's a very, very difficult thing that she's doing. Connie's reluctant to part with any of her equity. Where do you stand on that approach? So I'm just going to ask an age-old question, and that is, at the extremes, would you rather own 10% of something or 100% of nothing, right? And I think there's very few you know, globally defining businesses that are built on the back of one equity holder. Said I followed you for years. You often talk about equity as not just an opportunity to attract capital, but it's also an opportunity to attract world-class talent. Connie's going to need help, right? In order to realize in her vision, which is a really, you know, grand vision, she's not, she's going to need, you know, supply chain experts. She's going to need sales expertise. She's going to need marketing, branding, the list goes on and on and on. In order to get that caliber of talent into her business, she's going to need to provide equity compensation. I've also heard you recently talk about how the concept of finding talents changed in this COVID world. Working within, you know, a COVID-induced environment is, you know, increased access to global talent. And so I think that that bodes very well for Connie and others. The challenge, though, you know, the flip side to that is it's also leveled the playing field from a compensation perspective. So... You literally now need to be very, very competitive with everybody else globally, you know, from a compensation perspective. And I can tell you in the technology world, it is absolutely norm for, you know, top employees uh, to be getting equity. So where does RBC come in when you're talking about both capital and talent? Some of the areas where we're going to be able to provide some definitive help for, for Connie is we'll have access to potential employees for her to consider, um, supply chain experts for her to talk to as she's looking at scaling her business. So Connie, what'd you think of uh, Sid Paquette from RBC? Oh, he's fantastic. And I couldn't agree more with his comments. Um, you know, in particular, the one that really strikes me is around the, um, the equity. Um, it's definitely a battle that you face all the time. Um, I'm not saying, uh, and I don't think I've ever fully said I would never give up equity. I think it becomes partly a question of timing. Or so, it's always there in the back of my mind, um, and I, I I can't say that Sid's wrong. Like he's right. It, it's it's tough to attract uh, top talent and and to make that shift to a, a global level without the top level people, and that does require cash. Um, it's always walking a fine line. Um, I won't say I won't ever, uh, but I'm not rushing down the equity road either. (laughs) 
Connie, I brought your business to Dan Sorenchinsky. He's one of Canada's most brilliant global marketers, instrumental in taking Bombardier's recreational products like ski and sea to new markets. I asked him, what does it take to sell and market Canadian technology internationally? There's just a whole other dimension of detail that you need to work through to bring your brands to life. Understanding global regulatory body requirements around the manufacturing of your product and the implications that has in, in terms of production. Um, you know, tariffs and, and the impact that those have and, and how you source materials maybe you don't send as a fully shipped um, product, but partially assembled and it gets assembled in the, the final destination. What else? Um, foreign exchange impacts, you know, and the massive swings that those can provide, um, you know, distribution laws and border control, um, you know, logistic coordination and kind of making all this stuff happen. Dan, that sounds pretty daunting. These are things that I say not to scare, but just things that she's going to need to consider and understand as part of her business model. No different than when she was speaking to you about, you know, having to truly understand payroll to bring her, you know, to bring her, her uh, business to life. Connie's also very focused on a higher purpose to end energy poverty. One of the things that was a bit of a gap for me, and especially given the price point of what it is, I think the, the lowest cost uh, unit is $750, which isn't attainable for a lot of the people that don't have that access to energy. So how can she sort of leverage her business model and her value proposition to maybe give those, you know, to those in need for free and it's, it's paid for through the purchases in the more affluent countries? Blake Mykoski was a successful entrepreneur, just traveling to a part of the world, and he saw that so many people couldn't afford shoes. So he created this social enterprise. It's called Tom's Shoes. And when you bought a pair, they gave away a pair. That could be a brilliant idea for Connie. I asked Connie to do a SWOT analysis. What would you say about her business? Kicking off with the strengths. Um, I agree with her, her passion and her vision, you know, the people, planet, profit. How about weaknesses? Um, weakness for me, I kind of saw in, in her target and sort of her value prop was, it was a bit unclear. You know, is it, is it cottagers? Is it the rental business? You know, because you can get so many turns off it without too much maintenance. Threats? You've got your product, but what's the service model that kind of comes around that product? What's the experience that, that kind of ties it all together? And how does that purpose kind of weave through all of it? You know, you mentioned Tom's shoes. That was something that came up uh, in my mind. And finally, opportunity. I think what'll be important is that people component as she grows and being able to sustain that because there's a lot of similar products out there and it kind of sometimes what makes brand A versus brand B succeed is the people behind it. Any parting thoughts for Connie? There's no clear winners in this space right now. So I think that's great in terms of, you know, it's, there's not a defined player. I think she can ride that wave. It sounds like she's got a lot of the pieces of the pie here and the passions there. And, and there's definitely something there. Like I, I, I personally, I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for. Her. Lots of thinking from Dan. He really did spend a lot of time on your business and did some pricing analysis and stuff. What, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, well, a few things. First off, what was he doing listening in on my my team meeting? Uh, we spent a lot of time quite recently talking about uh, a couple of specific things he mentioned about things like um, shipping partly assembled and then using local labor to finish assembly. In terms of some of the other comments, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think he's bang on with the small units in terms of the pricing, and we definitely definitely love the idea like Tom shoes buy one give one ideally we would be looking for a sponsor but uh, I'm really hopeful to do more of those projects 
Connie. Ray Lavery is the CEO of Export Development Canada, the first woman to hold this post in 75 years, and for good reason. What she's bringing to the table in terms of purpose and values is absolutely extending the quality of the Canadian brand around the world. And she's such a fan of you and your business. Well, first off, Tony, I am so happy to be talking about uh, Connie because she has one of the most important things in business, which is a vision and ambition, and it is bold. And that's pretty awesome because with that, she will bring many, many people along with her. And you met Connie. I had the chance to meet her last year in Toronto, and I was certainly struck by Connie's story and her her, her, her opportunity to change the world. I mean, how could you not get on board with something that big and that audacious? Now at EDC, we can help Connie in a number of different ways. We can help her with knowledge. We can help her understand the markets that she might want to go to. We can help her actually on the ground in some of those markets. We have sector expertise in energy, um, in clean technology. We could help her with that. We could also help connect her to companies that are looking for innovative products around the world. So networking and access, what else can EDC do to support Connie? Most basically, which everyone would recognize EDC for, we could help her with working capital or we can help her with all other financial needs that she might have. We could help her with insurance to make sure that when she wins that contract, she gets paid for that. We can work with her bank to guarantee her international sales. Is this because you like Connie or is this something you do for other businesses? Last year, we helped 17,000 companies like Connie, and that's what gets us up in the morning. Well, we're both part of Connie's fan club and dream, but dreaming and doing are two very different things. What does it take for a small business in Canada to succeed on an international stage? That's a great point, Tony. It starts at a very rudimentary level of making sure that entrepreneurs have the right knowledge and experience and business skills to get involved in exporting. And uh, therefore we go into a classroom environment and we try and help and we coach and then we provide guidance to the export plans. And with, you know, with that, that really strengthens um, the business approach. Does it end there? Uh, we're delighted to keep growing that relationship with Connie as she grows her business. Connie doesn't want to surrender any of her equity. Does that still give her the freedom to capitalize her dreams? But maybe I'll answer that question in two ways. So first off, we have to make sure that Connie understands the different sources of capital that are available to her. And then there's a second group, which is business model considerations. There are many different business model options and ensuring Connie is exposed to those is really important. And what I would say is Connie needs to surround herself with advisors, with people who have are going through the same stage of business that she is going through. Do you have any other advice for Connie? Yeah, don't forget your ambition. Don't forget that you have a purpose greater uh, for the greater good of the world and that will carry her through a lot. Um, so, so don't forget that drive, that passion. That's what encourages people uh, to work with you, Connie. And secondly, don't forget that I'm here to help. She's the head of the EDC and she talks to you like you're her best friend. And I just, I just think that's amazing that we have someone with that much influence representing us around the world and, and cares that deeply about it. So what do you think, Connie? Uh, well, first off, as soon as I met her, I knew 
I was going to like her immediately from, you know, maybe a minute into our conversation. I was so impressed by the fact that after our conversation, when we met in Toronto, I followed up with an email to her and she's the CEO of EDC. And I had a reply from her within 24 hours, introducing me to multiple people within her organization to help in different aspects of our business. Um, to me, you cannot speak to how important that is in the type of leader she is. Um, and in terms of the the advice, I, I love it. I, I'm really looking forward to doing more work with EDC. We've become more and more familiar with their programs. Uh, and I think it's just the beginning. Connie, I love chatting with you. I want to see Canadian technology created by inventors like you populate every corner of our world. Following the steps of the Nortels and the Barmbergers, our mining technology, Blackberry, and so many more. Each and every one of them started with someone like you, someone who saw an unmet need. It's a tough gauntlet, but you've already run one of the toughest legs from thinking about something to actually doing something about it. Designing, creating, building out a supply chain, networking. It's not an easy path that you've chosen, and it's one where there'll be times where you're not welcomed with open arms. But it is your path, and from getting to know you, I imagine there'll be many more trails you will blaze as you bring that black book and the mind of a mad scientist to life. So here's to Connie Stacy, your higher purpose, the Grenjin that could end energy poverty. Here's to you and all the Canadian inventors who have the passion and fight to go from dreaming to doing. Thanks for being on Chatter That Matters. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's been an absolute delight. To find details on how RBC supports its business clients, visit rbc.com business. You've been listening to Chatter That Matters with Tony Chapman. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with Tony on Twitter at Tony Chapman, through LinkedIn at Tony Chapman Reactions, or visit his website, TonyChapmanReactions.com. Chatter That Matters is produced by Tony Chapman Reactions and Eye Contact Productions.